0: The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 905 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page, if that is your cup of tea. Right now, Liz Cheney is making the rounds, her and Kinzinger. They're making the rounds on media outlets because they're trashing Trump. She says she wants Democrats to be in charge of everything in 2025. I wonder how much they're paying her to do that. And we get this from Politico. Liz Cheney would rather cede power to Democrats and see members of her own party win in 2024. She said calling a Republican majority a threat and warning of an existential crisis leading up to next year's election. Now, here's the thing, Okay. Uh, There is nothing the Democrats are doing right now with all of these mandates trying to push you in these various directions, banning all of this other stuff, all these other things. And it's already been decided by the Supreme Court with the EPA decision. But there's none of this stuff that is constitutional. So why is she supporting them? Or if she truly supported the Constitution or power to the people, she wouldn't be doing it. And the, the, the fun part of this, and this is just because of who's asking the questions, she's not being asked exactly which of the Biden policies or the Democrat policies she supports or thinks are successful because they're afraid to ask or they don't care. They're probably afraid to ask for two reasons. One, because nobody would get out there and say any any of these things are actually you know effective. The other would be, uh, I don't know. The other would be they, they probably are afraid that she, she doesn't know of any. Does she like open borders? Does she believe that the president should actually do what the Constitution says and, you know, enforce the border laws or just let millions come in without vetting? Did she believe that Obama and Biden had the right to dictatorially implement DACA? Or should they have to go through Congress to change laws? Is she really happy that the Mexican cartels are getting uh, very rich off of smuggling all these people and all these drugs in here? Does she support sanctuary cities and States? Does she support soft on crime crime DAs that are being supported by Soros? Does she really believe that the big guy, Joe has nothing to do with Hunter or James's business? Does she think that a president who's taken a kickback, uh, from ukraine should investigate and get impeached or look the other way <laughs> does she believe the democrats told the truth when they said trump colluded with russia and he was an illegitimate president does she believe in abortion on demand at all stages of pregnancy does she believe planned parenthood needs more than 500 million dollars a year in taxpayer support just so you ladies can have an alternative for your health care does she believe that teenagers should get parental permission before getting an abortion when they can't even get parental permission to get a tattoo? Does she believe that high taxes and regulations are the way to make the economy jump? Does she believe high, you know, that the government should dictate what kind of health insurance to buy, which then makes the prices skyrocket? And Does she believe in freedom of choice? Is she one of those that believes that oil and coal and natural gas destroy the planet or that they've greatly improved the quality or length of life. Does she believe? Oh, well, let's go to the phones then. Who am I talking to? Uh, Ron from Greer. Ron from Greer. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Hey, my friend. Enjoy your show always. Yes, sir. Um,
1: hey, I, I I was watching a program over the weekend in reference to the Chinese and the Uyghurs and how they, you know, they're basically political prisoners. And yeah. I kind of, my wife and I were talking, kind of compare that to January 6th prisoners. And, you know, there's a lot of parallel things that run run with that. Um, you know, they, they hold them indefinitely. They don't get trials. They, you know, so in a way, our government, I mean, they're doing that to, to scare people. They're doing it to, to drive a message home that, hey, if you, you know, if you have any any type of, um, you know, uh, any, any type of, any negative thing to say about us, if you don't agree with our policies, if you come up against us in any way, we're, we're going to destroy you, your family, and everybody. And I think yep. there's a strong correlation between the two.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the, with the Uyghurs, they take the adults, they they take the adults and separate them from their kids, and they train the kids to be good Chinese.
1: Right, kind of like they're doing in our colleges right now. I mean, and, and some of them yeah. more liberal schools. Yeah, same yeah, thing. Yeah. And I mean, there's a there's a I think there's a strong correlation between those two. And I think people now, even more and more, people I've talked to, they're afraid to speak out online. They're afraid to, you know, um, and I enjoyed your last segment about, you know, about what you were talking about. But they're afraid to speak out and say anything because they're like, oh, January, come and get us. And I know. If you heard the other day, they made an announcement where they're going to uh, prosecute other people. They're looking for like four hundred people or something that were just they on were the outside. ground with yeah, capital. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And see, I this mean, is there, the thing. This
0: is the thing. This is the thing. And I know this goes against the grain with most people. Okay, might go against your grain, but let me let me just just hear me out. When okay. you are when you are looking at an enemy, and they they then you're like, well, we're going to go out there and make our voices be heard. And when you show up there, and they come after you you got to learn to deny them that opportunity to come after you. Because in order for us to be a cohesive force that they fear, which is what we should be, we got to be free and clear to navigate. We've got to be free and clear not to be prohibited from doing anything. And, uh, you know, it would be much better to do it. If, you know, there's, other, there's better ways to do what we need to do than showing up and going into the, into the nation's capital. You know, in, uh, in 2020, when we had SHOT Show, mm-hmm. I was, I was at SHOT Show and they were going, and I think Northam or Northman or whatever his name was, he was the governor of Virginia and they had second amendment appreciation day in Virginia. And a bunch of people I know, like 20,000 people went I don't know all 20,000, but a lot of them went that I know. And they went there for their voices to be heard. And they comported themselves very nicely. They But they showed up in battled rattle and all kinds of other things. And, uh, of course, that provokes them, which it's meant to provoke them, right? But my expectation was that a lot of them would get arrested, which thankfully didn't happen. I was just ahead of the curve on that one because that didn't happen till January the 6th of 2021, where people went out there for their voices to be heard. So whenever they call for a protest especially a, if trump calls for one we're not going to be serving any purpose to go do that at this particular moment we're going to have to get back a hold of the country and that's going to take a little bit of doing and if trump becomes president again then we have got to force congress to support him to let him do his Yeah, I,
1: understand. I just you know and i agree no I, I agree with what you're saying i do not disagree i've just had thoughts and you know again i guess it'll be a setup just like january 6th was if we had you know, a million, two million people show up and say, Sorry. "Hey, we're not leaving until Washington, until you get something, you know, until we make changes." They're gonna, they're gonna put plants in. They're gonna do the same thing. They're gonna attack people. They're gonna put them in prison. Probably kill a lot of people. So, I do agree with you there. I, that kind of does kind of wear on me a little
0: bit. You know, when Trump was when Trump was out there and he was talking about the speech he was going to give and everything else, this gave them a moment, and they had enough time. They knew what was going to happen. They knew that a crowd was going to march out there and just walk around and be milling about. So what did they do? They got rid of the National Guard. Trump offered them National Guard. He offered to augment the uh, the, the uh, defense setup of all that stuff there. And they said no. And they did it for the optic. Nobody was ever any, in any danger unless you were Ashley Babbitt. Right, and it seemed
1: like I was watching some more of the January 6th films over the weekend, and it showed, and, and though people were, you know, people were not, I mean, they were pretty peaceful, and once they started shooting rubber bullets and tear gas, then it's that's when kind of, I think they almost provoked them into doing that, really. I sure. really do.
0: All, all of that was, uh, pro- that was all the work of agent provocateurs, and if you're going to go in there, and if, if if everybody went, and they were all smart enough to sit back and go, these guys are just a bunch of a pro, agent pro-procateurs. I tell you what, let's go get coffee instead and let them sit there and all say, oh, let's go, let's go, you know, let them talk to themselves. If, if we could do that, that would be one thing. But that's not the way it worked out. So, I mean, we need to learn Agreed, from my this. Friend. Well, I,
1: pre- I appreciate all you do and enjoy listening to you, my friend.
0: Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Happy New Year to you. Yeah. I. Everybody right now is going, oh, Bill. Oh, Bill. You don't want our voices to be heard. No, absolutely, I want your voices to be heard. But I want us to be effective. I want us to win. Going out there and shouting something just for the sake of the oxygen leaving your head. Save that energy because we're going to need it. We're going to need it. If If we don't arrest what's going on right now, we're going to need it. president, uh, or excuse me, the resident, he's decided to get out there and get rid of the border. And understand this, without a border, there is no America. That when we get back, this is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Back in the day, economist Milton Friedman used to scold the New York Times because they were for an open border immigration policy he said it's just obvious you can't have free immigration and a welfare state gs plumbing talk line is one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine. the common sense retirement planning text line is 71307 streaming live on the word facebook page this all lead that kind of thing leads to a transfer state which we have a lot of that now it's uh the government taxing the upper and the middle classes and transferring the money to the lower classes via subsidies and benefits, not actually giving it to them, mind you, because they're not—they can't be in control if they give them the money. They—they're just giving them subsidies and benefits. So it takes from the high-skilled people and gives to those with a lower skill level. The Heritage Foundation makes this assumption: it takes the entire net tax payments taxes paid minus benefits received of one college-educated family to pay for the net benefits received by one low-skilled immigrant family. And so what happens when that ratio changes to from not one-to-one to one-to-two one to or one-to-three or more families through ever-increasing taxes and families to support? And this is why an open borders country will eventually reach a tipping point where we're not really a country anymore. According to Fox News, we have topped 300,000 encounters per month with illegal immigrants at the southern border. That's $3.6 million or $3.6 million, $3.6 million per year. More than the population of every U.S. city except Los Angeles and New York. And these are the ones we encounter. What about the ones we don't encounter? What about the ones that they call the uh, Godaways? Now, the Border Patrol estimates a thousand per day, or 365,000 per year. DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas uh, he says 600,000 illegal Godaways crossed the border in 2023, and he calls the immigration system broken. Which we know what they want to do. They want us just to hand out the credentials as they're coming across the, you know, and then they're not illegals no more. Right, we get that. They they want to they want to fix the broken system, which it's it's broken because you know you got to prove that you're worthy of being here. But the real number of the gotaways and the real number of the people that have come here illegally is unknowable. So just for the sake of math, let's say a million gotaways a year, making the total four point six million migrants a year, more than the population of L.A. added to America each and every year. And a, the vast preponderance of them, they're unskilled, they're unable to speak English, they're illiterate, they're unemployable, and they're supported in entirety for food, shelter, education, travel, health care, and clothing by you. Now, what does that cost? Well, in Nueva York, we've got that. Uh, right now, the daily per person cost to house migrants is nearly $400. What about health care? Well, that's just housing. What about health care? California plans to provide free health care insurance to all illegal migrants at an annual cost of about $4,000 for each adult. According to Judicial Watch, the net cost of illegal immigration is greater than the annual gross domestic product of 15 different states. And if you haven't figured this out by now, this is not sustainable. We have already topped $34 trillion in debt. With the current interest rate on the debt, interest on the debt is more than a trillion dollars per year. So interest alone consumes about a quarter of the $4.4 trillion in annual federal receipts. And that's more than we're spending on defense. And we spend more on defense than any other planet or any other, than any other nation on the planet. So now we're borrowing money. We're borrowing money to pay the interest on previously borrowed money. Economist Herbert Stein observed, if something cannot go on forever, eventually it will simply stop. And the something in this particular case is America. There's no interest in securing the border. And That's something both Republicans and Democrats actually agree on. There's no interest on it. Democrats want new voters. Now, their policies and leaders are not so popular. Some 63% of likely U.S. voters think the U.S. is heading in the wrong direction. Only 24% of voters strongly approve of the resident. Creating this new dependency class of tens of millions of potential voters serves their electoral interests except of where they're coming from. That's that's one thing that's that they're not they're, what they're they're thinking that if we give them the free stuff like we have everybody else. That's the thing. They whenever they're successful, they just think that's the formula and that it applies to everybody. Now, the Republicans don't mind ceding the power to the Democrats as long as they're making bank on it. And open borders provides cheap labor for the Chamber of Commerce Republican establishment. Now, our new speaker, Mike Johnson, he visited the U.S.-Mexican border with a gaggle of Republicans, and they huffed and puffed and talked about the catastrophe that exists. So, uh, what's, what are we doing about it? Going back to his predecessor, Paul Ryan, Republicans fought Trump on building a border wall and applied no pressure on Biden to secure the border. They could defund any possible or any responsible agency, including Homeland Security and Customs, until the border was secure. And they, uh, they're, they're probably going to build DHS a new building instead of holding them accountable, which they're building the FBI a new building. And the DHS secretary, rather than securing the homeland per his job description, he's out there talking climate change. And, and don't get me wrong, I like Johnson. He's okay, but um, we shouldn't be advocating for solutions. We should be throwing everything we've got at it. And the finance is just a fraction of this. What about the fact that we've got a bunch of young military-age men from all over the world, including fr- you know, not-friendly people coming in here, unvetted with backgrounds that nobody knows or intentions, and they're in the country. Now, Trump would describe them as bad hombres and that would get them in trouble, but they're intent on crime or terrorism. Now, if you look at the four to five million migrants who come to America each year illegally, if you get out there and you very conservatively try to make an estimate and say 10% of troublemakers, that's 450,000 people. That's the same size as the active duty U.S. Army. And they don't have to attack us from the outside because they may have some players in here, some operators in here already embedded. Now, Rasmussen did a poll and they found that 93% of us said the current situation with migrants at the border with Mexico is an invasion of the United States. On, his, on, on Biden's inaugural day, he paused deportations, he suspended remain in Mexico, and he stopped the border wall construction. Even Elon Musk is calling it what it is, which is these, the, this government is facilitating illegal immigration. Energy costs are up. We're no longer energy independent. We're fighting two proxy wars in Ukraine against Russia and in Israel with Iran. North Korea, China, and Taiwan are on the deck. You know, they're they're, they're getting up there ready to pop any just old minute. Inflation is out there. Homes are unaffordable. And this deliberate effort to destroy America has a name. And it's all cloud and pivot. That works with crime. It works with finance. It works with policy. So the four tenets of this are overload and break the welfare system, have chaos ensue, take control in the chaos, implement socialism and communism through government force. Number one is currently issuing ushering, ushering in number two. Number three will be determined next November. You know, if you want to break the sequence, if you want to disrupt this pattern, then Trump's got to get elected or somebody. Somebody besides Biden. Trump would be the best. Another term of the architect, Barack Obama, via Joe Biden, Gavin Newsom, or Michelle Obama will guarantee number three and four and then it's lights out for the America for, you know, for what we've actually achieved for the past 250 years. The Republic comes to an end the fundamental change that barack obama started implementing it becomes a reality and we say goodbye to america as we knew it so just a little thing to to consider as we go i'm yeah i'm thinking that we have dr deborah coming on if she calls in (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. We we have to may, may have to get agile on this one. This is News Talk ninety eight nine W O R D. I just uh, you know there's some things about us I just don't quite understand. So I've had to enlist some outside help. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is seven one three zero seven. Joining me now is Dr. Deborah Mandel. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. What is it good. about? What is it about the human condition to where there's a lot of people that seem so susceptible to just getting out there saying, "Oh my God, we're doomed. We're all going to die." It's just there's just no redemption. There's nothing. What, what, what is it about us that does this? Oh,
2: wow, it's a great question. So let's get into that a little bit. I'd like to talk about fatalism versus pessimism and uh, how that comes about. So I say what you're talking about is a real strong catastrophic mentality, and that is in line with fatalism. Fatalism, though, is the belief that all events are predetermined, and that is that person who, no matter what they do, no matter where they go, who they meet, how they experienced life is always filtered through the prism of it doesn't matter what i do nothing is going to change the outcome now to some degree that can have some positive benefits if you've tried everything let's say you're trying to get a job promotion or uh, get into a a college that you've done everything you can and it just doesn't work out and so for your mental health you can say something like well it was out of my hands right so sometimes that could be a really great thing but people who walk around with this fatalistic Mentality, which can be caused by various life experiences or the way somebody was raised through cultural or religious beliefs It can have some very serious negative effects also on mental health because it doesn't allow you to have any uh, Hope or optimism about things that you may be able to affect change in your life. Does that make sense?
0: It does it does but then my question becomes how does somebody deal with that if this is preying on their mind
2: that's also a great question because it's almost impossible to get a fatalist to even look at anything other than the idea that everything is predetermined. So you really want to start small. You start with little things like, hey, did you notice that when you did A, you got the result of B? Now, you're not always going to get the result of B, whatever that might be. Let's say you had a a chat with your uh, husband because you were not getting along and you, you actually realized that, some of your words had a positive impact. That can be an example of how you start with something where you can take responsibility and accountability for certain behaviors that you have and observe where you make changes. Again, like I said, this is a very, very, very slow process because that's a deeply ingrained experience versus let's say someone who's a pessimist. Pessimists see the glass as half empty and optimists see the glass as half full and that they know how to right. fill it up. So a pessimist versus a fatalist is a pessimist usually has come about from some very situational negative experiences where they've lost some sense of hope. Now there could be some temperamental components to that, whereas somebody was born just in their just in their mind's eye, they see the world from a more uh, skeptical point of view. And again, all of these variations can have some value, but sometimes they can be more detrimental than they are good for us. So you wanna start with small steps where you can get somebody to take a look at a different way of thinking, especially if they can join certain groups that are uh, trustworthy, where they can see that different attitudes can have a positive effect. One of the things that I say, one of my favorite lines is attitudes are contagious, is yours worth catching? So If you're that person in, in the room who's always negative, who's always fatalistic, you're probably going to be more isolated, lose friendships, not be the one who is even invited to the party.
0: So, you know, I, I over the course of my days, I I come across some of these people, and, it, you know, I'm trying to just allay their fears. I'm trying to use Occam's razor. I'm just trying to use logic and point a few things out. And it's like they are resistant to the idea that, this doom and gloom that they think is the way of life is just there's just no that's just all there is and there's nothing that is actual actually real except that doom and gloom there's no mitigating circumstance to it i mean how how does how would i do i throw my hands up and say well i wish you luck and walk away or do i you know because obviously i can't do that just because of my profession doc i can't do that so
2: i hear you i hear you and uh in some ways what you're what you're describing is that a fatalist can actually yield fatalistic attitudes in other people because if you're around a fatalist for a long time you start to think that there's nothing you can do that can change that right and to some degree that's true because we cannot change other people we can influence other people in a positive way and what i would say in that situation is you try to lean in you lean in and you say you know what I can completely see your point of view, and that is one point of view. Have you ever thought or could you ever think that maybe there's a glimmer of alternative thinking? Maybe there's a little bit we can tweak on that. But again, if somebody isn't coming to you wanting to get help or get ch- or make change, they usually won't. And that's what makes it very difficult for people who are locked in that mindset is that most people are not gonna stick around for that long because it's it's, it, it's a downer on your own self. But I think you can be kind and compassionate and understand, wow, you know, how did you get to that? How did you derive that point of view? That's a good question, too. You know, was that something well, that you were raised it, it, with?
0: I, I don't remember this being a thing when I was a kid, you know. But in, in the time that I was a child, which I was a child of the 60s and the 70s, now they have this informational overload hitting them, assaulting them constantly. They, they see – and and everything that leads has got to be bleeding, so that, that's what they see. They see this daily dose of toxic news coming at them. Is this just the, uh, the byproduct of this on the human condition? This is what drives this kind of fatalistic uh, outlook?
2: It certainly has a very huge influence, right? The more we are bombarded with that which is negative, the more likely we are to absorb that which is negative. The more we are bombarded with things that are positive, the more likely we are to yield a positive outlook. So in those situations, in our current life situation with our younger generations, I think it is really, really, really important to to monitor the types of information that a young mind is seeing and hearing and witnessing because that is going to have a strong influence on brain development and attitude development, belief systems. Right. So it's right. very critical that parents out there are thinking in terms of, you know, it's not censorship per se. It's allowing your children to have the freedom to be kids and to experience the joy. You know, one's inner child is that creative experience of wanting to play and explore and experience life. So you want to keep the environment as safe and as protected as possible, not to the degree that it's unrealistic, because that can also be damaging. But yeah. this. You know, balancing that, right? It's a really tricky balance, especially with social media out out there. That's probably one of the biggest culprits. Yep.
0: Yeah. We're going to have to do part two to this on Friday. Can we do part two on Friday?
2: You bet. I'm in.
0: All right. Dr. Deborah Mandel, the straight talk official advice uh, resource that I use because this is stuff I don't know, so I have to ask somebody that does. Thank you for joining me this morning.
2: Thank you so much.
0: When we get back, i got to mention her book, too. I forgot to mention her book. We'll do that when we get back. Uh, She was just mentioning how childhood is being stolen from children. Let's look at how that actually manifests itself. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. We forgot to mention Dr. Mandel's book. Sassy and rude, her new attitude, you can find that on Amazon. She's my go-to doctor when it comes to this kind of stuff. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Um, so we have this story. And understand this. I have two granddaughters here locally, Eloise and Eliza. Eliza's 10. I think Eloise is 8. And they were lovely little girls. And this horrifies me to read when I, I read about this. Apparently, there's a, a Sephora employee, former Sephora employee named Rihanna Smith. And she put up a TikTok video. And she's talking about this 9-year-old little girl who comes into her store looking for baby facial. A chemical exfoliant from the high-end brand Drink or Drunk Elephant marketed to minimize... The look of pores, fine lines, and wrinkles. Nine years old. Smith asked the child whether she had used a chemical exfoliant in the past, to which the child responded that she uses the ordinary peeling solution and anti-aging acid peel daily. According to Brianna, this was not a unique experience, revealing that while working at Sephora, she encountered 15-year-olds coming in with chemical burns caused by harsh skin care products. Now, if you would get out there and look for a consensus among dermatologists, they would tell you that intense anti-aging skin care is not good for children. Dr. Ross Perry, medical director of cosmetic skin clinics, warned that many of these products, such as uh, retinol, Another anti-aging product not only can cause irritation for children, but can also damage the skin down the line. When did children start worrying about aging and what brought it? And the anti-aging retinoids and chemical exfoliants for children sound absurd to me, don't they? Don't they sound like that? But, uh, and dem- dermatologists are having to step in and clarify the obvious for one reason. They're constantly seeing this coming from the influencers. What's coming up behind Gen Z is Gen Alpha, or as they're referred to as the iPad generation, uniquely susceptible to social media consumerism. So you have this 20-year-old influencers with Gen Z with beauty brand deals. They go to TikTok and Instagram, and they show off their skincare routine and outfit of the day, and they cause the impressionable preteen followers to act, look, and shop like young adults. One, uh, one, uh, on, t- on one TikTok, a mother recorded her daughter showing her what's on their Christmas wish list at Sephora, which included luxury fragrances and a $68 drunk elephant moisturizer. Um, why are we allowing this to happen? Another example of the generation alpha disturbing susceptibility to TikTok is the Stanley Cup craze. Now, I'm not talking about the uh, Stanley Cup as in, uh, hey, you know, hockey. I'm talking about the big uh, tumbler, the big, uh, uh, what what would we call it? We would call it a thermos. And the yoga pants wearing millennials, the world over, towed around one of these things like it's their precious young. And it's a very simple thing. Carrying around a bottle of water is not a bad thing to do, but... Uh, what What's happening now uh, is, you know, it, it's becoming a trend thing. It's a social media-fueled frenzy to convince the mindlessly scrolling mob that some ram, random beverage doodad is something they can't live without. But the issue is deeper than that for the young people. Technology has made it possible for parents to constantly have their children entertained. And boredom... Creates or it cultivates creativity. So instead of allowing them to be bored and maybe want to interact with some of these, you know, some of these parents, they put an iPad or a television in front of their faces. Generation Alpha has no idea what it means to ride a bicycle to school, or maybe in some cases to ride a bicycle. They don't know a normal childhood experience or desire or interest, like going and learning how to swim. But between clothing stores like Justice and Limited Too are things of the past as well. And I know that a lot of people get out there and go, you know, it worries me that children grow up too fast. But with Generation Alpha, it's so fast now that Generation Z professional influencers they are uh, they're admitting that they're causing the problem. There was a flick came out 13 going on 30 where 13-year-old fictional character Jenna Rink wants most in the world to be 30 and flirty and thriving. I don't want to be original. She tells her mother, I want to be cool. Or like Big. Remember Tom Hanks, the movie Big, where he became an adult? So, on the text line, Is that not what capitalism, the backbone of America, is founded on? Are you actually listening to me right now? I don't think so. I don't think I... No, I don't think you're listening to me. Anyway, as far as listening to me, uh, I will be back in about 22 hours. And we'll do this all over again just because I have a lot of fun doing it. In the interim, you... You are listening to News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.